You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark, the show that is run by the listeners. You call in, you let me know what you want to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. And I can tell you, today's going to be weird, man. Um, Again, I don't really listen to the voicemails prior to, but I do read the transcriptions, at least in part. And I don't know what is going on today. (laughs) I'm so confused. Oh, man. Well, we got a lot of calls. Um, I, I came downstairs. It was kind of one of those, I don't have enough calls, but we'll, we'll double check, hit refresh, see if any calls came in. If not, I'm going to go to Walgreens and buy a bottle of Tylenol and just have a good time. Um, but as of right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine calls that we have to get through. Several of them, I have a feeling, are not going to take a long time. But um, I guess we'll just get started. I should probably check to make sure no crazy news came in, so we don't have to do any announcements today, I don't think. Well, if I missed it, I missed it. Let's get to our first caller of the day. It's our old friend, Yankee New Yorker. Hey, Ryan. You probably heard some of my emails on with uh, Clayton. I call myself Yankee New Yorker because he's a southern. Anyway, I just read on the pup list, they just added David Pacquiao. I think we're in trouble, a left tackle. And meanwhile, what happens with this contract for the next three years? That huge contract. I guess we're going to have to eat it. Anyway, getting ready for 8 o'clock mass, and uh, I'm going to light a candle in front of St. Jude. I think we need a miracle. So, anyway, go pack, go. Thank you. So I don't really know how the whole Catholic thing works, but uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll hope that does something. Um, yeah, the, the contract situation, we talked about David Bakhtiari uh, quite a bit, although maybe that's tomorrow. I don't know. I can't keep it straight. It doesn't matter. Point is... We've exhausted a lot of topics, but the contract is going to be a big one. Um, talked about it a little bit with Clayton. He kind of covered it when we did a, the little roundtable thing with uh, he and Jacob and I. And th- there's t- two basic components here. Number one is just the contract details in terms of if we let him go, when we let him go, and how that works. We, we essentially can't this year, and I don't think we would anyways. It would just be a matter of, well, I guess that sucks, and he's just going to sit and We'll recoup a little bit of money, but I don't think it's much. That's part two, so we'll get to that. Um, if we decide to move on next year, and this is assuming there's no trades or anything, it's just a straight-up cut. There might be a trade, but if the guy's got a bum knee and he's 30-some-odd years old, I don't know if anyone's going to want to trade, especially considering the sizable contract, although that team would take on very little. We would eat most of it, but um, it would cost us $23 million. Now, that's dead cap. That's not in addition, and I think I, I know this is basic and most people understand this, but I think sometimes we get a little confused, or at least some people do. When we look at $23 million in dead cap compared to his $29 million cap hit, we're going to get $6 million back. And the only reason I bring that up is because sometimes when we hear $23 million dead cap hit, we look at it and say, how can we afford that? 
well, it's it's six million dollars less, so we we're we're going to have more money. I'm certainly not saying it's a good thing. It's a bad thing because you'd rather have Bakhtiari for twenty nine million dollars than nobody for twenty three million dollars. But the the point is, we would recoup six million dollars, and then in addition to that, next year we would recoup all of the thirty three million dollars that he's owed. There's no more cap. There's no more nothing. There's no more hits or anything. It's all wiped clean. So we would save six in 2023. We would save $33 million off the cap in 2024. If we keep him for whatever reason, let's say he comes back halfway through 2022, we play him through 2023, but it's clear that the the production has fallen off and he's got recurring injuries and all this stuff. And we're looking at it. And by the time 2024 rolls around, now it's getting to the point where you're saving a lot more money than, than not. And, and essentially with that $33 million, as Clayton had pointed out, we're not going to pay the guy $33 million. That's not going to happen. So it's really just a question of, are we going to restructure it, which would mean some level of extension. Void years wouldn't do any good because it would just re-accelerate back into his final year, which would be this year. Or we end up moving on. And at this point, with, with the injury issues, even if he comes back at some point this year and plays well and plays well next year, I'm still looking at 2024 saying we can't really risk continuing this. And so I think from this moment on, we've got Elton. We continue the process of trying to find that next tackle. If he isn't already on the team, you're looking at guys like the two we drafted and Sean Ryan and Zach Tom. You're looking at um, uh, Yash Nijman, potentially. I mean, who knows what his ceiling is? I mean, he's fine enough as he is. You've got Royce Newman, potentially. You've got Walker, who we just drafted. You've got Cole Van Lannon sitting there, another six-round pick, just like John Runyon was, potentially, that could that could fill that spot. So the point is, I think eventually we look to move on from David Bakhtiari either way by 2024, meaning I don't see him playing much more than, than these next two years, this year and next year. If that happens, we would ha- take on an $11.5 million dead cap hit. Again, we're, we're saving $21.5 million, so it's, it's whatever the number is. If they say we've, got, we've only got $5 million, if somebody tells you it's an $11.5 million dead cap hit, you don't add that. You don't say, well, then we're out of money. No, it's, it's, we get $21.5 million back. Again, 99% of people know that. It's just the way people react sometimes confuses me to the point where I think maybe they don't really fully understand that we don't pay that in addition to what we already have. Now, the extra caveat is how injuries affect the contract, and I don't exactly know that. Um, I'm sure there, it depends on the language of the contract. Guarantees are guarantees. I know that much. Whatever the guarantees, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that because some of the guarantees could even be injury contingent. So that would all factor in as well, and I, and I don't know what that would mean. Um, but if this is an injury situation, if he cannot play because of his injured knee, just assume that whatever I just told you, it's a slightly more rosy situation, possibly a lot more rosy of a situation in favor of the Green Bay Packers, obviously, not necessarily David Bakhtiari. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to eat something. And I, you know, again, I, as I mentioned or will mention tomorrow, I, I don't know the full extent of this. I don't know how bad this is going to get. I don't really know what to expect. It certainly doesn't look good. That's all That's all I know and anybody knows at this point. So um, I think the orientation from this point on is to start expecting him to be gone sooner than later, regardless. I mean, even if he was coming back healthy, I'd still be looking at 2024 going, yeah, I don't know if he gets an extension at 33 years old. But uh, next up, we got a couple calls from Mr. Tom Austin. Actually, it's only one call. This one was a kind of a, a mess up and then do over, but it's funny. So we're going to listen to him try to do this the first time. This is Thomas <laughs> coming with you on today, which is Sunday. So I'm going to do a little negative. 
Let's do cynical Sunday. There you go. What is the worst thing that could happen this year? Apocalypse. And then let me ask you another what if for just the past couple, maybe like a decade. Yeah. What is the biggest what if mm-hmm. of this last decade? Like what if we won too many games that year when we got Mike McCarthy out there? What happens? Well, this could be positive. Could be. I'm going to continue talking. <laughs> yeah. Hello? All right, never mind. Actually, right. you know what? Cut this one out. Yeah, okay. Let me try this. All right. Again. Yep. All right. Talk to you in a little bit. Go. Hello, this is Thomas. <laughs> yes, this is take two. <laughs> Cynical Sunday. Coming at you. Yes. With what awesome. could be the worst possible thing that happens this year apocalypse is it aaron Rodgers getting taken out is it the bears somehow winning more than seven games what what's what's the worst scenario for this year and what's the biggest what if that has happened lately like what if the packers don't pick up for sean gary in the draft Mm -hmm. what if we don't get a first and second round pick for Devontae. What happens if Aaron Rodgers goes out right. and for whatever reason, one of the backups just blow up and people are like, oh, wow. hey, maybe this guy. What, what's the biggest what it? All right. Um, that got crazy at the end. Now people are blowing up. Um, I appreciate the call. I'm not trying to make fun of you, man, but that was funny. That really was. That was an awesome. That was an awesome couple calls there. As always, I love the energy. Keep it coming. Don't ever stop. Don't ever change, Tom. All right, I got I to gotta work through this. So the second call kind of clarified we're not talking worst possible thing that could happen this year, just period. By the way, I'm not sure the apocalypse would be the worst thing that could happen. That'd be kind of kind of great, but we'll leave that alone. Um, he, here's the thing. The, the obvious answer would be Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, but, but there's always the possibility, if I could just go there, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, Obviously, winning a Super Bowl would be better, but you'd almost, you know, Rodgers might be in the last year of his entire career. Jordan Love does not seem to be the answer. And and here's the other thing. If Rodgers goes out, Jordan Love plays. If Jordan Love proves to be the guy, then that's not a bad thing. We go to the playoffs. We march through the playoffs. We'll see how it goes. Even if we lose in the playoffs, we're feeling a lot better because Jordan Love is a stud. If Jordan Love sucks then we don't win a lot of games, and we end up drafting a quarterback really, really high. Now, maybe the quarterbacks all suck. I don't know, but it's still going to be probably best-case scenario because the alternative is, assuming we don't win the Super Bowl, which we may, Aaron Rodgers plays, we get into the playoffs, we lose in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers says, I've had enough of this crap, he marches off into the sunset, David Bakhtiari leaves, and we're sitting here holding the bag saying, well, now what do we do? And we do mock drafts, um, trying desperately to find a way to force a top-five quarterback down to pick, you know, 30. We're trying to see if we can orchestrate a trade to to get Russell Wilson out of uh, out of Denver. Maybe you know, kind of sucks over there, dude. Come over here; it's gonna be much better. Please. Listening to Bears and Vikings and Lions fans tell us how it's officially over. The reign of terror is over. They're done. Everybody's gone. Devontae's gone. Bakhtiari's gone. Rodgers is gone. Suck one. Golf ball. A golf ball. Chill out. So I don't. The bottom line is I don't know if Aaron Rodgers getting hurt is the worst case scenario. I think it would be something else. It would be. A different thing that would cause us to be, you know, like it's a bad regular season, but not bad enough to get a quarterback. 
I don't know what that would be. We already played without David Bakhtiari. Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers for like the second half of the year. You know, like um, let's say we win 10 games and then Rodgers gets hurt. And then we have to go into the playoffs with Jordan Love and get instantly eliminated. And it's like that's the, the end of, that's how it ends. This is seriously how it's going to end. That would, that would probably be it. Win 10 games, defense looks elite. I mean, I'm talking like 10 and 0, you know, or 10 and 1 and Rodgers goes down and he's out. I think that's it. I think that's the worst. That would be the most crushing possible thing that could, that would be the one thing that would even have a couple Bears, Vikings, and Lions fans looking and going, dude, I, uh, that's, that's brutal, man. I'm, I'm actually kind of sorry about that, but, um, yikes. Not many, but a few would kind of feel bad about it. Um, what is the biggest what if? that, you know, in the past. I think the, um, really anything that would change the overall trajectory of the team, the one you mentioned, I think, in the first call about uh, Mike McCarthy winning a bunch of games could be it, but even that, not necessarily, because if he wins a bunch of games, that means he's still a good head coach, and who knows, maybe we're still dominating right now. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird scenario in which am I mad about it if he wins a bunch of games? One of the things that I have thought about, and since I don't want to sit here and, and wonder forever, I mean, there's always the T.J. Watt thing, you know, could go with T.J. Watt, but then we don't get Rashawn Gary, but we don't need Rashawn Gary. Maybe we do get Rashawn, but maybe we don't get Zedarius. I don't know. Who knows? All that stuff, right? The one that I have thought about, though, is, and I was kind of upset about it at the time, John Dorsey left and went to the Chiefs, I think, one year prior to when we ended up um, getting Brian Gutekunst. With his ties to Green Bay and everything else, I, I just wonder if Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, if that whole thing had happened a year sooner, what if we had gotten John, John Dorsey to be our, our uh, GM? Would that have been a bad thing? Could that have been a, I'm, I'm a fan of John Dorsey, but at the end of the day, we'd have John Dorsey. We would not have Brian Gutekunst. Gutekunst would be off somewhere else, and who knows how bad this thing could have spiraled out of control. Or good, I don't know. But I do wonder about that. If, if we had, I mean, even it, a year in either direction, honestly. Because if, if we had gone a year later, Matt LaFleur would be a head coach somewhere else right now. And who knows who our head coach would have been. Matt Rule, maybe? Kevin Stefanski? Ron Rivera? And remember, we're, we're probably talking about a, maybe a different GM making the hire. If we had hired a year earlier, maybe we'd have Mike Vrabel. He got hired in 2018. Maybe we could have had John Dorsey and Mike Vrabel. Frank Reich was hired in 2018. That was a pretty solid hire. Or just what if we had picked somebody else? You know how incredible his record is, Matt LaFleur's record is, compared to everybody else in that. Cliff Kingsbury? You know, Zach Taylor, I guess, at this point, fine, but it's a similar scheme and everything else, and I don't know how much success he'd have here. I don't know. I think every other one of the coaches that was hired in 2019 got fired, as I'm looking at it. Those are the only two, and there was a bunch that got hired that year. I don't see anybody else that's even still has a job at this point. So, you know, it's, it's just crazy stuff like that. That if things get shifted a little bit, we could be in a completely dif- different trajectory. And all the complaining that we do now, um, it, things could be a heck of a lot worse. We could be complaining about stuff that's a lot worse than just, oh man, we go to the playoffs and win 13 games every year, but don't quite win a Super Bowl. Things could certainly be worse than that. And for all the people saying, well, it's not worth it, it'd be better off because then you get a higher... Dude, it doesn't matter if you get the number one over... Look at the teams that get top five picks every year. Are those guys just going straight to the Super Bowl? Just stop it. Somebody named Taco Buffet in Green Bay just followed me. I think this is um, this is um, maybe my new best friend. Anyways, I think I'm stalling because the next call is my wife and I'm scared. Let's get to the next caller. Caller, what's on your mind? 
Hi, Ryan. It's your wife. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of questions. So the first one is, what is your favorite Packers game? And the second one is, what is your favorite thing about being a dad? And the third one is, I love you, and when are you going to fix the dishwasher? <laughs> Oh, this is going to be daily calls from my wife to uh, to get chores done. Um, we'll start with the last one. I, I would do the dishwasher, but it keeps getting full because you do such a great job of, of you know, being diligent with the dishes. Um, and so when I get an opportunity with an empty dishwasher, I mean, I guess I could empty it. I just, you know, busy and you're busy and taking care of the kids and it's crazy. I'll do it tonight. Um I'll try. I don't know. I don't know how to fix a dishwasher. Um, I mean, I got this. I'm a, I'm a man. I can do anything that I, was, you know. Apparently somewhere deep in my DNA is a man that knows how to fix stuff just intuitively. I don't know. I got to dig deep and find it. Stupid dishwasher. Um, by the way, it's not that I can't. It's just that I don't feel like it. No, it's not. I mean, I feel that's not true. See, I can't. There's no winning these things. I don't know. I'm lazy and inept, all right? That's the truth. Favorite thing about being a dad. Jeez. You know, it, it's it's one of those things you can't explain to somebody who's not a dad, and it's something that you don't need to explain to somebody that is a dad. It's a stupid answer, but that's, that is the answer. You know when you can just look at your kid, and just seeing their face makes you smile, and it's, it's, like there's a, it's like there's a little bonfire in the middle of your chest, and it just makes you happy for no reason whatsoever. There aren't really any things that do that in life, in my opinion. I mean, there, there are things that kind of do that in a weird way, you know? You know, usually bad stuff, stuff that it's like, it's fine in moderation, but too much is dangerous, those types of things. But it's, 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 it's like that, but it's more pure. You know what I mean? You, you don't ever OD on it. You can't ever get too much of it. It's never a bad thing. You know, when I go upstairs in the morning and the two-year-old sees you and starts screaming and all the other kids start screaming just because you walked up the stairs. I'm not that interesting. I didn't do I know who I am. I know that I'm not worthy of anybody being excited to see or hear from me ever. And yet, every day, they never get tired of seeing your face. I mean, as they get older, yeah, fine. Unfortunately, at some point, they cross a threshold and they don't want to talk to you ever. But still, even then, occasionally you look and they look at you with a look of not disdain and there's still that feeling all over again of, this is great being a dad. Thank you for not hating me today. This <laughs> warms my heart. So I don't know. I, just, I don't know how else to answer that question. I'm sure it's the same for mom. And I think God gives you that special thing because those kids are psychopaths and they will drive you absolutely insane if you don't have that thing in you that just is like, oh, thank you. You, you make me so happy. And it's fortunate because I would have thrown you through a window an hour ago if I didn't have this warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, favorite Packers game. There's a lot of real obvious ones, but I'm going to skip it. My wife even, she told me she was going to ask this question, and she had a really good guess as to what the right answer is, and she's probably right, but since I've answered that as my answer a billion times, I'm probably going to skip it. Her answer that she thought I would say that I didn't even think of, but it's probably the right answer, is the game in which Brett Favre's dad passed away, or the, the day after. And I do think that's probably the right answer, because there's something super magical about that game that cannot be encapsulated in any other game. Every year there's a Super Bowl. Every year a, a certain fan base feels this magical Super Bowl feeling. But nobody except Packer fans, to my knowledge, has ever experienced anything quite like that. However, let's just say more recent history. 
his Rogers first Hail Mary game. There's a video out there somewhere of me flipping furniture, freaking out. It was such a cool feeling. So I'm going to go with that today because I've given several answers that are different than that uh, other times. So we got, we got that answer today. Um, I, we should probably take a break here because I need to go fix a dishwasher. But um, make sure you call in 608 if you want to support the show. Patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Pack Daddy, it's uh, Jacob here. I'm just wondering if uh, if the possibility that you could go to the Rams game, the Rams uh, versus the Packers Monday night, Monday, I believe it's December 19th, would you go? I know you've talked about this before and said that you don't like going to live games. Could you elaborate on that a little bit and explain why you wouldn't go? Why do you want to interact with your fans, Pack Daddy? Gosh. So rude. <laughs> so rude. Man, today, today is... Um... Today is the day everyone starts to hate me. I can tell. It's we're just getting warmed up. My wife uh, shaming me for not fixing the dishwasher, and Jacob shaming me for not going to a Packer game with my fans. We're just getting warmed up. Um, this is a this is going to be a humbling episode, and I hope you appreciate what I do for you. Not only am I putting in the work to make this episode, but I'm going to endure constant abuse today. <laughs> so. Um, Will I go to the Rams game? I, I listen. I think I think it's time to let it go. Here, here's the honest answer: Me going sounds great in theory. That's it. It's not going to be fun for you. Have you ever taken one of your friends to, let's say, a party or something, and because um, you're trying to do something nice for them, like, dude, you got to get out of the house, and you take your friend out, and you take him to meet some of your other friends, and they don't talk, they don't interact. 
They don't really contribute to the situation very much at all. And you've even got friends kind of coming up to you and like, hey, man, what's wrong with your friend? And you're like, oh, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. He just, he's standing over there and he's like kind of creeping the girls out and stuff. Like, he just looks angry and stuff. Like, is, is he, is he cool? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a good time. I'm that friend. I'm that guy. You don't want to bring me to your parties. All right. I get it. I, I, you know, I sound like I have a personality when I do a podcast. That's because I'm alone in the peace and quiet and serenity of my own company. And there's nobody else here. And when I do the podcast, it's as though there's nobody else there. Because if I didn't have a podcast, believe it or not, I'd be having the exact same conversations with myself because I'm crazy like that. But if I go out in public and there's a bunch of people there, there's going to be this expectation of, hey, there's Pack Daddy. He's that podcast. Like, it's so cool. And you're going to find out in about 30 seconds, it ain't so cool. I don't drink, so I'm not going to get loosened up. I'm going to be stiff and anxious and grumpy. I'm occasionally going to throw in a couple sideways comments. Some of them will probably offend some of the people, especially if there's any ladies there, because my humor is oftentimes very dry. And um, some people tend to take things the wrong way. And I find that usually it's women that don't understand that it was a joke. And even when you explain it to them, they don't find it very funny. And then they just don't like you. And then it's kind of uncomfortable. And you get that kind of look from your girlfriend slash wife, like, I don't want you talking to him. And you kind of understand. So then you got to kind of pull back and be like, "Uh, yeah, you kind of did this to yourself. I'm going to leave you over there by yourself kind of thing. We don't need that. What you need for a really good party is a group of extroverts, a group of people that love being around people and they get loud and they get rowdy and they have a good time and they have a couple beverages and they have some chicken wings and it just makes the whole environment more fun because it's it's a football game, but let's be honest, it's not as entertaining to watch as it is on TV. You can't see as well, all that stuff, whatever, but you know what? The fun thing is it's the people. The problem is I'm not a fun people and I don't like being around people, so I'm not going to have fun. That's the honest answer. It might sound depressing, but I am, as far as introverts go, I am introverted among introverts. And I'm going to be so uncomfortable to the point of, of, of making everybody else wish that I wasn't there. Because it's not just that I'm not contributing to the group. I'm sucking the fun out of it simply by standing off in a corner, basically staring out the window, giving off vibes that say, I'm watching the game. Leave me alone. So I love you guys. I really appreciate that you've gone out of your way and have invited me and my son to come out to the game. I get it. I love it. It's awesome. It's not a good idea. Whatever image I put out on the podcast is the best possible image you're ever going to get of me. And as low as your image may already be of me, I promise you it's going to plummet when you and I meet face to face. So let's just let this dream die once and for all. All right. See, now I get the feeling that other people out there are like, now I really want this to happen because I got to see this. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Uh, it, it reminds me of um, when I was a young lad, decided I wanted to start reading the Bible for myself and see what it's about. And uh, started off, my dad gave me the suggestion of going into Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom and whatnot. And then there was Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes is kind of like Proverbs, but it's darker. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool. And I read it, and I'm like, no, that's not cool at all. That's just... That's, uh, it's not cool. You were right. That's just dark and not, uh, not making me feel great. That's the experience you're going to have. Oh, he was right. This sucked. But wait, there's more from Jacob. So that's great. Let's get to that. Jacob, what do you got? All right. I forgot. I got another one. I got another one. Jacob again. Uh, again, reiterate on why now that we're going into a new season that the fans, if you go to a game, don't be a quiet little old lady type sitting Mm -hmm. down, shushing people when it's third down. Yeah. 
explain why we need to bring the the fire back. Right. You need controlled chaos. I'm not talking you go out riots. I'm not talking crazy, not crazy, crazy, finger paint with your poop type crazy. I'm talking hmm. controlled chaos. Like on third down, if it's a, an important down, maybe get up and stand up and then cheer. I don't know. That's what they used to do in the ball games of old. Anyways, yep. Go back up. This call did not come in at 1 o'clock in the morning. This is 3.30 in the afternoon, believe it or not. Um, yeah, it, it kind of like what I'm talking about as far as when you go out, you want there to be a lot of energy and a lot of fun and all that stuff. And I, I don't get it, right? You, outside of the stadium, people are having a good time. People are standing, God forbid. They're standing up. They're drinking beverages and eating brats and doing all kinds of fun stuff. They're laughing, having a good time, being loud, being crazy, screaming, go pack, go. Apparently that's fine outside, but then when you go inside, you need to sit down and be quiet. I don't necessarily understand that. As far as explaining why that needs to happen, shouldn't have to, but apparently I do. There is a direct correlation between your participation, i.e. noise, and how good the Packers play. If you need any proof of this, look at 2020 when there was COVID. There was no home field advantage anymore. None. It went to zero. Away teams had ju- were just as good as home teams. There is a direct correlation, and we've seen it. We've absolutely seen it. I remember the last game I went to against Detroit when we were screaming. De- Detroit ran to the line of scrimmage because it takes Lambeau Field 45 minutes to slowly rev up. I was the psychopath that was standing. Like, second down ended, guess what? It's third down, I'm up, and I'm screaming. The rest of the fans are like, meh, we'll wait until they break the huddle, and then we'll get up and we'll start making noise. They would just immediately run to the line of scrimmage and run a play, and it was effective every single time. But when they couldn't do that, and the stands got really, really loud, the defense was extremely successful. And we've, we've seen this oh, with Zadarius and Rashawn in particular. The defense is so unbelievably effective when your team, when your home st- stadium is screaming and the offense can't hear and it's intimidating and it revs up the defense and this whole thing. There's no question about it. And you know what the most frustrating thing about this is? I went to one game and I witnessed it. People at home have witnessed it. We've all seen it. But you know who's seen it more than anybody else are the people who are doing the shushing, the people that have the tickets that get to go to every single one of the games They sit there on their seats and they watch every single time the correlation between when it's loud and how good the defense is and when it's quiet, how good the offense is. They've seen it down after down, week after week, year after year, and yet you have the freaking audacity to scream at people to sit down and be quiet so that you can sit in your cushy seat and watch it as though we're at the freaking opera. Absolutely not. Do not sit down. Do it. What are they going to do? They're not going to kick you out of the stadium. They don't have any authority. They got nothing. They got tickets that daddy gave them. I don't care. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't have any level of respect for you. Oh, I've been coming here. I live down the street and I've been coming here since 1927. I'm all right. If they're 100 years old, be polite. But the, the point is, don't sit down. You bought a ticket just like they bought a ticket. You get to enjoy the game as much as they get to enjoy a game. And if they want to see, they're going to have to stand up because I'm not going to sit down. And if you want to throw hands and risk losing your season tickets because you're going to throw a temper tantrum about it, then that's just too bad. But guess what? They're not going to do that. They're just going to roll their eyes and scoff and go, too bad. I'm here for my enjoyment, and I'm here as an active participant to help the team win. And I ha- that's, that's the other crazy thing. 
You actually have the ability to participate. You have the ability as though you were on the field to contribute to a Green Bay Packers win. Do you understand how good it feels to be at a game and to be full throat and screaming and to hear everyone around you screaming? And for the defense, you can feel them feeding off it. You can watch them at the snap. Use that extra bit of energy to break through the offensive line and get a sack. Do you know how good that feels to know with everything in your fiber that you contributed to that? I don't care care if somebody shushes you and if you're doing the shushing give the tickets to somebody else because we're all getting tired of it it's stupid and if somebody wants to stand and cheer on first down and second down they should scream the entire game it doesn't matter what quarter or what down it is as long as it's the defense on the field you should be screaming you don't have to wait for third down you don't have to wait for fourth down you don't have to wait until they get to the goal line that the offense can't operate when it's loud so be loud I'm sorry if you don't like it. This is how it works. This is how every other stadium in the country operates. Fans make noise to celebrate their team, to cheer their team, and to help their team win. And the fact that you are so selfish that your viewing experience is more important than the, than the victory of the team, that you and your experience is more important than their win, as though for some reason them winning doesn't help your viewing experience, your comfort is more important than the Packers even winning the game is so selfish and deluded. It's insane to me that people actually think that way. And by the way, don't you ever in your life pull that millennial card talking about how millennials are so self-centered and they don't care about others. You, sir and ma'am, are worse than any millennial I grew up with. It's the millennials and the Gen Zs, the, the people below me. They're the ones doing the screaming. They're the ones on their feet the entire game that are going to lose their voice for the next two weeks, all for the benefit of the team, and so that you can have a Packers victory just like the rest of us. While you sit there self-righteously shishing, go home. You got a couch. Why do you need to sit on a cold metal bench? If you want to be comfortable, sit at home. It's absolutely insane to me that this is even debatable. It's not debatable, by the way. It's not. And I, I really wish Matt LaFleur and, and Brian Gutekunst would take a more active role. I mean, I know they, they kind of passively are like, well, we got to find ways to get you more excited. And Matt LaFleur's over there waving his arms like, come on, guys, come on, guys. And somehow you guys think you're right. You know what they need to do? They need to flat out, and, and they won't because these are sick and season ticket holders and they know it. But they need to flat out say, we need your support. You need to stand up. You need to make noise. And if somebody tells you to be quiet, if it's second down and five and we need your help, you turn around and you tell them to shove it. And if the coaches won't do it, the players should do it. These guys get in front of microphones all the time. If there are any players listening to the sound of my voice, do it. They'll listen or at least be emboldened because there are a lot of younger fans that want to do it. But when you go to a stadium and everybody sits and I did, I, I yelled almost the whole game, but I realized, OK, well, I guess the way this works is they'll let me stand on third and fourth down, but I can't do it on first and second down. I have to sit down. But if you get Aaron Rodgers, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander to get in front of a microphone and say, hey, we can't hear you on first and second down. We need your support then too. Let's start making some noise. I want to hear you. If I hear you screaming, I'm going to point you out. Anything, whatever, it doesn't matter. Because the little Jumbotron thing saying, get loud, isn't good enough. And Matt LaFleur being frustrated, waving his arms like, let's go, you bunch of morons. I can't hear anything. I'm tired. My arms shouldn't have to do this, but here we go again, waving my arms around because you won't get up and do it. You can't have this internal fire within you that says, hey, I'm excited. I'm going to stand up and make noise. No, I need the coach to prompt me to do it because I don't know what to do. Get up.
I mean, it, 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 it's genuinely embarrassing bragging about how, how loyal Packer fans are and how well-traveled Packer fans are and all this stuff, and yet we're the only stadium in the country where people sit down while there's a football game on. There are stadiums that suck to go to that you, that you dread just because of the noise. Kansas City, Seattle, Minnesota. And then we got these season ticket holders. Not only are they not making noise, but when they decide not to go, they sell it to the highest bidder, which is always Bears fans. So now we got 25% of our stadium filled with Bears fans who sit quietly like the rest of us and are looking around going, I guess they don't make noise here. This is great. We're just going to march down the field because we keep getting first downs on first and second down. As long as we don't get to third down, nobody makes noise. This is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. What a bunch of losers they are. There's no passion for the Packers here. I keep hearing about how passionate Packer fans are. They're not passionate. (sighs) Anyways, all right. um, I think I've made my point. And it's another one of those things like I talked about with driving, where it's like, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because everyone I talk to agrees. Everybody hates when people drive slow in the left lane. Yet every day when I drive home, every day of my life, someone is in the left lane going slow for no reason. No reason whatsoever. Same thing. You're preaching to the choir when you go on Twitter or anywhere else, and you're like, yeah, I really hate when people are quiet. Everyone agrees. Everyone hates it. Everyone hates the shushers. Yet when you go there, everybody sits. It's another government conspiracy. Um, This is probably the part where the show completely goes off the rails. Um, We have a caller here that is calling for JJ, I guess. JJ doesn't do this show. I I could forward him... Maybe I'll I'll ask him. I'll send him a message. But let's let's play the call and we'll we'll try to navigate how how to deal with this in in a minute. Yeah. Hey JJ. Hey. hey I was just wondering what it's like to work with Ryan. Thanks. Um. Th- this you called Ryan. You're, you're calling. You're calling Ryan. So I sent him a message. We'll see if he responds. In the meantime, he called a second time with an even more odd question. Again, addressing JJ as though this is his show. It's it's not. My name is Ryan. I I, I work here. Hey, JJ. Hi. Justin here. Hey, I forgot to ask when I just called a second ago. Um, if you had any podcast recommendations besides Bruce and Clayton, can't stand their accent. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'd really appreciate a, a little uh, little help there. Also, love the idea what you're doing with the calling thing. Yeah. It's awesome. Keep up the good work. Bye. So, so I'm Ryan. Uh, I've been doing... This is my, I've been doing this. My name is not JJ. You've been listening, but you you don't know who's, ho- I'm confused and I'm 90% sure JJ put you up to this and, and the person that JJ put up to this named Justin was a little confused on the details, a little fuzzy about what he was supposed to say when he calls in. That's my assumption, but I've also been watching a lot of television that involves heavy conspiracies. Thank you, Jacob, by the way. I've been watching the Terminal List, um, and it's I'm, I'm, I'm back on the train. It's pretty good, but it's heavy in conspiracies, you know? So maybe I'm getting a little carried away, but that, that seems to make the most sense to me is JJ's like, hey, call in, say this, it'll be funny. And then, the, the de- again, the details got, got a little fuzzy. Um, but, yes, I, I'm, I'm Ryan. Um, I'm just going to pretend you're addressing me here. Um, <sighs> again, we'll, we'll wait on the uh, response from JJ to find out what it's like to work for me. Um, we can maybe see if Clayton wants to, to grab that, too. Do I have any podcast recommendations besides Bruce and Clayton because I can't stand their accent? Um, I didn't know Bruce had an accent. Does he have an accent? I mean... I don't know. I'm, I haven't been on the, the podcast train lately. 
oh, you know what I got to do? I have an answer for you, but let me give you some context. And I keep forgetting this. Uh, Jacob made me aware of the fact that apparently I have a lot of COVID restrictions and COVID warnings on my podcast because whenever I say COVID or possibly whenever I say COVID and Aaron Rodgers, they have audio tracking software that picks that up and flags it. So I told them, because I'm, this is how I operate, um, I'm going to see if I can get flagged on every single one of my episodes for COVID, because that's going to be hilarious. So if it's not flagged already, I'm going to recommend Joe Rogan. I recommend you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Maybe if you have COVID and you can't get out of the house because you're so sick and possibly unvaccinated, and now you have COVID, you should listen to Joe Rogan who is a friend of Aaron Rodgers, they talk a lot about COVID together and about being unvaccinated together. That should give me about eight, if it doesn't just get me taken off entirely, which uh, I'll be honest, man, it would just make me laugh. Um, I guess that was your whole question, podcast recommendations. And I, I don't think you were looking for a serious recommendation. I think that was just a slam for Bruce and Clayton. So I'm okay not giving a serious answer if that's okay with you. All right, nobody's answering the question, so I'm going to take a stab at it. What is it like to work with me? Um, I am, hold on, I think someone's breaking into my house. I'll be right back, and then I'll, I'll contemplate how to articulate this. I have no idea what that noise was. Um, I'll say this. I like to bite off a lot more than I can chew. I see potential, and I don't really have any limits um, in terms of what I think I can do. And if, if there's something that needs to be done, and there's any way to do it, including just cutting out sleep or anything else, I'm probably just going to go ahead and do it. As you can tell by daily podcast, which is something that nobody really does, I do it. Adding a bunch more people to do podcasts, doing multiple in a day. So it's not just daily, now it's twice or three times daily. Um, the Substack, the YouTube channel, all these things, and I expect all of them to do well. At the same time, I barely have enough time to get even one thing done. And added into all of that, I am an unbelievably disorganized person, which makes all of this very hard. I don't really take notes. I don't keep a calendar. I don't do any of that stuff. So I just start doing. I just start running. And then I, it'll be several days and I'll forget like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to do that thing. Like, I'll, I'll go a couple days and forget Substack exists. And it's like, oh, man, I, I haven't written. I got to write an article. And then I'll forget about this and I'll forget about this and I'll forget about this. So that's what it's like to work for me because it's kind of work with me. Um, you got to kind of be independent because if you're just sitting around waiting for me to direct you, it ain't going to work because I will literally forget you exist for several days. I've got so much going on just in my own personal life, not even including the podcast stuff. And then I turn around and look and I have 17 different things to do just on the podcast front. So I'm as stretched as I can possibly be. And I think most of the people have kind of come to understand that, whether their, their level of annoyance is, is a separate issue. But as long as there's an understanding that this is how it works. And you're probably going to have to send out a couple reminders if you don't hear from me for a while. Hey, remember that thing? The answer to that question is going to be no, I forgot. Thanks for the reminder. And then we'll move forward. So the point is, it can be a fun ride if you, if you, can, if you can just strap in and, and try to keep up and just do your own thing and everything else. Um, if you can work very independently and very diligently, kind of just doing your own thing, then we're just going to do this thing together. But again, if it's kind of, if you expect this to be like a nine to five thing where you come in and I just give you stuff to do. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Anyways, we got one final caller. And again, um, everybody has just been, um, you know, calling me out all day. So why not add another one? <laughs> We've got John here, who has some more fun comments for me. Hey, man, this is John, formerly from Madison, Wisconsin, now currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. 
listened to the Packers after dark uh, the other night about uh, the tacos and hot sauce. Just got to mention that the Cholula hot sauce, the green pepper version, one of the best you'll ever taste. I've seen it. Just the right amount of spice and heat, and the flavor of the green peppers really comes through. Sounds good. Here in Phoenix, you can get the meat called cabeza. The English translation is head, which sounds kind of funny, but think of it as like beef cheeks or pot roast on a tortilla. It's incredible. Yep, sounds amazing. You also inspired me to make ground beef tacos last night, just mm. basic gringo style. Yeah. Some lettuce, some cheese, some simple seasonings, and I shoveled them into my face. It yes. was delicious. Yeah, my man. And lastly, dude, you got to step up your humor game. Okay. The Dos Papas over at uh, Packers Without Borders are killing it with the comedy. Bruce and Matt are funny as hell. And I just wanted to throw that out there. They're not a sponsor of mine or anything like that. But uh, I love the show. Go Pack Go. And uh, I'll keep listening. Like I said, it's a, it's a humbling podcast today. Um, I appreciate all the feedback from people that don't even know who the host of the show is. Um, Humor isn't quite on point. My wife's giving me chores <laughs> to do on the podcast. Uh, Jacob is shaming me for uh, abandoning my fans. But anyways, man, I do appreciate the call. Um, I have seen that, the, uh, the green Cholula. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just straight up get it because I, I trust that. I, I like Cholula a lot. Um, the, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it, it's the honey Cholula that I got. I love that. Getting some of that on the pork chop tacos. It's just, mm, it's not my favorite, but it is, it is up there. It is so good. Um, as far as the beef, the, the uh, cabeza or whatever, the, the, the beef cheeks kind of thing, number one on my list to try is the, um, what the heck are they called? Oh, the birria tacos. Oh, dude, I, every time I see that, it's like th- this, is, this is food perfection, in my opinion. Birria tacos, dude, I've never seen something that, that just looks so perfect to me. And it, it is like that braised beef. That, that you just cook in, in a, uh, like a cast iron pot or something in the oven, and you just, you just cook it down until it just completely falls into mush. And then you've got this sauce that you do, and then you, there's a certain way of like cooking the tortillas where you like melt the cheese right on it, and then you put this just delicious fall off the bone that's just been marinating and all the juices and all the peppers and all the everything that's just, all the flavor is melted into one delicious pile of tender meat. And then you've got this melty cheese sandwich and you fold it over. And then, then, if that doesn't sound perfect enough, with the juice, you make a dipping sauce and you dip it in there. And oh my goodness, that looks amazing. But I, I have definitely had beef tacos, pulled beef, pulled pork. Pretty much any kind of meat that you can put on a taco, I've done it. But yeah, beef, beef tacos are just super good. My, uh, one of the favorites that I used to do, meatball tacos, by the way, out of this freaking world love meatball tacos. It's, it's basically a, a meatball sub, but with a, with a tortilla. But, um, my grandma makes, um, beef tips, you know, the, the beef t- dude, beef tip tacos. It's kind of what you're talking about, but it's probably just not quite as tender, but man, you just, I would just get some of the leftover beef tips that are just still sitting in that, you know, the, the, the white grandma container with like the lid and everything, pull that bad boy out. And there's just the great, it's just a pool of gravy with beef tips in it. You know, with like that, that layer of like the orange fat that's on the top. You just kind of crack some of that off and pull some of those beef, you know, and you pop a couple in your mouth just right out of the fridge, just cold with the gravy all over it. You drop some of those beef tips on a, on a tortilla with some melted cheese. Oh my goodness, it's so good. 
That's what I love about tacos, man. It doesn't matter. There's a million different, like a burger is delicious, but a burger's a burger. I mean, there, there's, you know, there's the, the doneness, which there's, I mean, you, not too much variability with that. There's the thickness, there's the, the kind of ground beef, you know, you, you got the toppings and then the, otherwise the only other variant would be like a smash burger or whatever, but there's a lot of variants. But in reality, the, a burger's a burger. Tacos though, it's a category. It's a category of perfection and I love it. Anyways, um, I guess I'll leave it at that. Thank you guys for the call in. Sorry to be such a disappointment to all of you, (laughs) but I do appreciate it. It's great that you guys continue to call in and participate in this nonsense, and I will try to up my humor. I apologize. I I don't think I'll ever get to Bruce and Matt's level, but um, I'll do my best to to crank my game up a little bit. You guys have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 